There is no reason, no place to call home When you're lost in the city City you've been living What is the question? Well, there's no answer Not even a meaning at all Donicky, I'm the CEO and the founder of Companies for Zero Waste. I'm honored today to have uh, Suzanne Stormer, uh, who is a, uh, a um, sustainability officer uh, with Novo Nordisk, and we're very excited to have her join the podcast today, along with our uh, chairman and the CEO of Resultant Group, Dave Gajadhar. So I just want to welcome you, Suzanne, and welcome you, Dave. And this will be a fun conversation. So let's uh, start this off. Yeah, thank you. Thank you both for joining us. Thank you, Scott. And thank you, Suzanne, for joining us and taking the time. I know you are about eight hours ahead of us, and uh, it's late in the evening. So I appreciate you taking the time to do this. Um, Suzanne, before we get going here, you know, I'd like to take a few minutes and if you could introduce yourself and your role and what you do at Novo Nordisk and uh, how it helps your organization move towards the waste and, and sustainability world. So uh, take a few minutes and please, please let our audience know who you are and what you do. Thanks. Yes, well, thank you. And first of all, thank you so much for having me. It's a great pleasure. So in my uh, role, and you mentioned that I'm eight hours ahead of you, in my role, I'm supposed to be uh, not just hours, but uh, years ahead of uh, the rest of the organization in the sense that what I do is to set direction for Novo Nordisk as a leader with high and forward-looking standards for how we drive a sustainable business and importantly also how we document uh, our progress. So how do I do that? Well, part of it is to um, be uh, involved in uh, dialogues with uh, various stakeholders, with expert groups on uh, current and emerging sustainability topics, to uh, do trend spotting and sharing insights, and then uh, offering advice to our executive management team, and importantly also supporting the organization as we are embedding this ambitious sustainability agenda um, across the uh, across the border organization. Yeah, but thank you, Suzanne. One of the things that come to mind is as we move through the organization, and I've heard that I've I've heard the same theme across different companies is that how do we get senior management to buy into the concept of sustainability along the resource optimization chain across the supply chain and also into the strategic plan. What are some of the barriers and opportunities that exist from your experience that could help move that initiative forward for companies who are looking to move towards sustainability? Yes. Uh, in the case of Novo Nordisk, it really is a no-brainer. And I would argue uh, that uh, this ought to be uh, also the case in, in other companies. So Novo Nordisk is a pharmaceutical company um, based in Denmark. We have a global presence. We are uh, one of the leaders in our field. And we have a history of nearly 100 years of uh, pursuing a mission 
that has stayed the same throughout, namely to drive change, to defeat diabetes and other serious chronic diseases. So we are very strongly uh, dedicated to this pursuit of our purpose. So, so that's number one, to be clear on the why for your business. And, and the second one, and I can come back to the purpose in a moment, but the second one is then how do we do business? And at Nova Nordisk, we have ingrained an approach that we are based on the principle we call the triple bottom line business principle. And essentially what it says is that in whatever we do, whenever we make decisions, we factor in how our decisions can affect people, communities, and the environment so that our actions are financially, environmentally, and socially responsible. So, so that is something we do because we consider it to be the company's best interest for the long term. That's how we ensure that the company is sustainable. What we have done, and uniquely so when we did it, was to incorporate this principle into the bylaws of the company. So that dates back to 2004, when the board of directors proposed for adoption at the annual general meeting, um, a, uh, an update to the bylaws, and uh, this was approved. And that means that everyone from the board of directors and throughout the organization is obliged to uh, to operate according to uh, to this way. No, oh, that's great. Uh, thanks. You know, this is such a, a huge undertaking in a lot of ways. Yet it's it's really simple once it's it's in operation. You know, we also seeing that as we move forward, <clears throat> that people sometimes think that the sustainability goal or the zero environmental impact goal is a big, hairy, audacious goal that cannot be really attained. At the same time, a lot of organizations hear these as buzzwords, but how do we move that into reality? So what does it mean to you and to Novo Nordisk when you take these words such as sustainability, circularity, environmental impact, zero impact, zero waste, and we move that, and how do we, what do you mean by that, and what does reality look like? Yes. So let me just, uh, before I dive into that, uh, elaborate on uh, the notion of a sustainable business, because in our view, it's important that the organization uh, adds value uh, to society through what it does. So that's where the purpose comes in. That's in what you do as your business purpose is helping solve societal problems, whatever may be at the core of your business. And then there are two principles that play. One is to make sure that you do no harm, that you do not detract value from society and the environment. And the other one, of course, is to maximize that positive impact that you may have. So when we then turn to uh, circularity, we have uh, a long record of um, having had a progressive uh, climate action strategy that was focused on how do we reduce our environmental footprint. But as we went along, we 
got wiser and we understood that it's not just a matter of doing less harm. It really has to be about zero environmental impact. So that is the point of departure for our environmental strategy that we call circular for zero. And it addresses what you uh, focus on in your podcast series, namely, how do we eliminate waste, meaning um, materials, meaning emissions, and, uh, and water, uh, water waste as well. So, so this is a big, hairy, audacious goal. But if we don't set that kind of goals, we will not achieve the sustainable development for the world that is needed. And if we don't do that, we don't have a you know, basis for continuing our business. So the premise we build on is the fact that there is no such thing as a sustainable company in an unsustainable world. So that's why we have to uh, address these issues and to build on science-based targets because that's what we know. This is what the carrying capacity of the earth can hold. Right. No, absolutely. You know, it, you hit on a couple of key points. When we talk about waste, it's not just about solid waste. It's about emissions. It's about resources. It's about human resources also within an organization because that impacts emissions. That impacts your carbon footprint. And taking all those things in mind and we move forward, we develop, you know, most organizations will develop a baseline to measure success as we go forward. And then you're looking at the whole aspect of about zero environmental impact. And uh, when we, t we think of those things, most people align it to just about climate change, but it's more holistic than that, as you would agree. <clears throat> and it starts with people. Our behaviors is one that really dictate the outcomes we desire. So moving towards a zero environmental impact, how is that achievable? Or how do you see the progression towards achieving zero environmental impact? And I know it's not something that's short term, it's an ongoing transitionary process, but how do companies measure it? What is that? How do they s develop the baseline to measure success and make sure that they stay on track towards those goals as business climate changes? Yes. So uh, you're absolutely right. And uh, where we started was uh, addressing the um, the carbon emissions from our activities. So in our first generation of our environmental strategy. We, were, uh, we set ourselves what was at the time a very ambitious target, namely to reduce by 10% in, in absolute terms um, our carbon emissions over a 10-year period. And in reality, that translates to about 70% because in that period, our business was growing uh, significantly. So it was not a relative uh, target, but an absolute target. And it actually did meet uh, the standards that now apply for uh, what is science-based targets. So we achieved that, and we even achieved it ahead of time. And one of the reasons why we did achieve it 
was that the organization understands that waste is money down the drain and it's also uh, an unnecessary uh, negative impact on the environment. So we have to really eliminate that. So then having achieved that, we set ourselves the next goal. And our next goal is that by 2030, we will have zero carbon emissions from our operations and transport. What we have achieved so far is that all of our production, our global production, now relies on renewable electricity, renewable power supplies. Um, and this is no small feat, but of course it doesn't take us to the goal. So the next frontiers are how can we look at heating? How can we look at steam? And then of course, importantly also coming back to your point about materials, how do we eliminate the waste from the products that we um, that we make and distribute. Okay, no, no, that's absolutely a good place to start and keep in measurement. And you know, it sounds to me that you are always revisiting and updating and measuring, bringing back into the play as business and operations change and the environment change, because as we know, business is not static. And although your baseline and foundation to measure transition and change is great, you also have to um, to be ready and flexible to change your plans so that you stay on target. But these are these are critical pieces that we have to move. It's within is a machine within the machine that <laughs> that we have to keep an eye on as we move forward. You know, as we move as we move forward with your with your strategies and you you have a focus of developing products that defeats chronic diseases and diabetes, what that tells me is that as you develop these products, you have two areas of responsibility. One is the accountability for resource optimization around the supply chain, and also the societal responsibility of helping people live better, quality of life, improving quality of life on the, um, on the consumption side of it, and also managing how they look after the waste around their livelihood and improving their quality of life. So when we start moving towards the whole idea of a circular mindset, and we take into consideration the supply chain from feedstock all the way up to distribution, operations, manufacturing, and consumption, what does that look like? And what does that circular mindset look like for your organization as a whole, including your, your feedstock and primary and secondary supply chain providers, all the way down to your consumers and your product reuse or recyclable partners? Yes, so it's important for me to say that we are definitely not there yet. Uh, one of, the, um, one of the, the great challenges that we are looking at now is that in order to provide the medical treatment for the millions of people who, who rely on uh, the medical treatment that the world provides, it's currently around 30 million people who uh, receive um, medical treatment for diabetes uh, with di with Novo Nordisk products. Um, so, uh, so as we do that, our products are uh, currently delivered in uh, in devices, um, so inject injectables, 
and these are made of uh, plastic materials um, and this is something that we of course need to revisit as you say and see how can we develop different materials and how can we have useful meaningful uh, take back systems in place and in order to do so we need to look at uh, the entire not just the supply chain but the ecosystem in which uh, this um, this service is is delivered and uh, and again this is a long haul um, that starts with us reaching out to suppliers to partners to pharmacies to uh, to our purchasers to uh, to discuss what can be done because what is at play here also is that we cannot compromise the quality of the treatment and the convenience for the patients so that has to be uh, factored in as we look at uh, developing um, environmentally uh, sound solutions right one of the things i would like to add and i will say this Plastics is not the enemy, and I would say that because it allowed us to get to a level of healthcare and safety and virus and disease prevention. It's how we dispose of it and in human behavior, in my view, that really creates this negative impact around plastics. And I know you mentioned that your products and some of it is, is packaged in, in different types of plastics, which is necessary. I think it's important to understand that. And you're also looking at the take-back process around it, which is, which is valuable. And people out there listening to this should also understand that plastics is also a human sustainability and prosperity tool and, and uh, material that helps us move forward. So we need to start changing our mindset around what is the enemy and changing our behaviors around the perception around plastics. It's more behaviors. You see it evident today. We need protective masks and PPEs, yet we see it discarded on the wayside, on the roadside, in outside garbage bins and everywhere. So these products are providing valuable protection, yet at the same time, we are the ones that are creating the environmental disaster around it. So as we move forward, it's an education process that that needs to be brought into play and uh, also to show people the, the importance of being accountable for their own behaviors and this also moves us into discussion around the strategy to involve not only our suppliers but companies like Novo Nordisk you have suppliers you also have partners you have distributors and consumers what is the strategy to help share your message and also encourage your suppliers and providers and active participants in meeting those strategic and corporate goals around sustainability? Well, let me first say I appreciate your perspective and I agree with you that we need to be clearer on uh, what is the enemy. And in our view, the enemy really is the lifestyles that we have developed um, as um, as the human species. Um, because That's correct. <laughs> That is affecting climate change, so it's affecting our habitat, but it is certainly also affecting uh, the inhabitants of Earth. 
And, uh, and when we look at developing solutions, we look at not just the medical solutions, but really how can we help advance more sustainable lifestyles? So our initiatives include uh, interventions, efforts to prevent chronic diseases from happening in the first place. So to, to reduce that growth in diabetes and obesity that we see in the world today. Coming back to your specific question about how we engage our suppliers, um, the strategy here really is to reach out to them and to talk to them about the shared problem because we don't claim that we have seen the light and that uh, we need to educate others. What we see is when we do reach out and say we have a shared agenda, we would like to look at how can we ultimately eliminate and in that process reduce the footprint that we have together as we develop these products or this part of the value chain. And it is very hard for anyone to say we don't want to be part of that. So what we do in practice is to partner with our suppliers and to take that approach that we're on an equal footing here and we have a shared interest in solving these problems. No, that's, uh, that's absolutely great. Scott, is there anything you'd like to, to add at this point or you have any uh, comments? Um, yeah, I had a question. This is this is the the million dollar question in the medical industry. But they say um, twenty five to thirty percent of the hospital waste comes from plastic. A lot of it comes from obviously like moving syringes, moving medical supplies, things like that. There are alternatives that are people that that they're looking for scientists and researchers to plastic, and it's kind of like we're 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 in a catch twenty two because we're trying to mitigate the spread of disease. And at the same time, we're trying to save the environment and come up with alternative sources of, of plastic. From your view, where do you see the future going with that, um, especially post COVID-19 and what's happened over the last six months? Yeah. Well, you're absolutely right that there is a lot of plastics waste from hospitals of which some is, um, is injectables from, uh, from the kind of treatments that we provide. So one of our solutions is actually one that also is intended to provide much better treatment, much better quality of care for the patients, namely that we have been able to develop our medicines to be, uh, to be delivered as a tablet. So you can now have GLP the hormone that is effective for treatment of, um, of diabetes, you can get it in a pill, in a tablet. And uh, that, of course, eliminates a majority of the plastic waste involved because it means that packaging can be easier. But importantly, it also makes it much easier for uh, anyone having to start a treatment to start with a tablet 
rather than an, inje an injection uh, that needs to happen on a daily basis. So that is one example of how our innovation benefits the patients and also can help address the uh, environmental uh, problems that, that we as humanity are causing. Right. Excellent. Thank you. You know, one of the things that uh, you mentioned as you go forward at the organization such as uh, Nova Nordis is that you have two responsibilities. One is the environmental stewardship part of it, in addition to your core business of providing human remedies to disease and, and infection as we go forward. One of the things that, uh, that comes to mind as we think about this and uh, managing both sides of the equation, environmental social responsibility plus the medical outcomes of it, I'm trying to save humanity from themselves because diabetes is a self-inflicted disease to a large extent, is that what are some of the challenges you see in managing both going forward? Like what, how, where do we go and how do we continue on this path to not only to eliminate those diseases, but you're also trying to eliminate the waste, the emissions, and also your carbon footprint. It sounds like a daunting task, but what's some of the challenges ahead and how you see the organization attacking these challenges? It is, and if I may, I would like to correct you here. If anyone uh, listening here uh, happens to have diabetes, uh, it's not a self-inflected disease. Uh, but it is what is called an autoimmune disease. Okay. So it's, uh, it is what is what is happening in your body in, in response to uh, either external factors or uh, a genetic disposition. I stand corrected. Appreciate it. Thanks. So, uh, so uh, but, uh, but to your point, uh, one example I would like to mention is we've talked about climate change and climate change being... Um, the um, the common denominator for uh, for the environmental uh, challenges that that we have globally, and uh, there is a very clear link which has been established between climate change and type two diabetes, and it comes back to what I said before has to do with the lifestyles uh, that we have developed. Uh, particularly starting in our part of the world and what we have now exported to emerging economies so that they will need to uh, combat both the consequences of climate change and the growing prevalence of diabetes and obesity. And one of the ways that we can address this is to join forces with uh, other parties who share the same um, understanding of the problem and who have other uh, ways of contributing to solving it. And one of those organizations is C40, which is a network of uh, global megacities that uh, have decided to uh, collectively combat climate change by, for instance, thinking about how they can design their cities in different ways, how they can organize infrastructure, transport, uh, promote healthy living. And this is where we have a shared agenda in promoting health and well-being in cities. We know for a fact that 
two-thirds of the world's population currently live in cities. We also know that the prevalence of diabetes is much higher in cities than in rural settings. So if we can tackle the problems in the cities and create livable, desirable cities where people can live healthy lives and have a better well-being, then, you know, it's a it's a win-win. Absolutely. As Suzanne, in the name of time, um, I think we are coming close to the end of time here, but I want to take this opportunity to really congratulate both you and the leadership at Nova Nordis for taking a holistic view not only on driving out to the societal outcomes you want based on your business model, but also being responsible, socially responsible, environmentally responsible. And uh, for resources you use and consume to, to provide the services you need, I think it's really important that people need to understand that it, it can be done. These, you're a good example of the initiatives you're taking and moving forward. And uh, if anybody needs to, they should be able to follow you at uh, novanotice.com and see how well you guys are doing and keeping on track with being socially responsible and environmentally accountable. Scott? Yeah, I just want to say thank you as well. Um, Nova Nordisk was one of the first companies that got back to us a year and a half ago when I was reaching out uh, to different corporations and I really appreciate your noble effort and, and uh, we look forward to staying in touch with you. So thank you. Well, thank you very much for your kind words and let me just say I appreciate that you want to highlight us as an example. Please also challenge us because it's only through challenge that we all excel. Yeah, we will. And we will be coming back to you with those challenges in the follow-up podcast. Uh, thank you for the opportunity. Thank you all. And I appreciate it. And have a great day. And thank Yeah, you thank you, Suzanne. And uh, yeah, we'll talk soon. And we're going to circle back in the next few weeks when it's done. I'll send you the uh, edited copy. And uh, yeah, we look forward to sharing that with our network. So thank you so much, Suzanne. Thank, thank you. you. Have a good right. day. You Take care. Thank Cheers. Bye-bye. What is the question?